And I just want to highlight the theme so far this morning. I, asked, I contacted Emma after I had already prepared my message. And God is into the specific details of your life. And that, how specific was Emma's request? A blonde lady with yellow. With yellow. And, uh, and someone ran. Like, the chances are slim. They're, they're, it's possible. But what are the chances that God would align those things for one out of six billion people to be gathered in a small place and someone to pray specifically for her that lines up with those things. It has to be God. And I remember Elizabeth's story as she prayed um, only half an hour later. Um, someone specifically answered that. Um, God answered that through someone. And... Let's jump into what I have prepared. Uh, cool. So Isaiah 43 for us, uh, Rudolf. I'm going to read with you guys from the NIV. Um, so Isaiah, a prophet uh, in the Old Testament. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you, uh, and in more friendly, <laughs> in the more colloquial English, we'll say, I've called you by name. You are mine. Uh, just want to go, oh, so in Israel here, uh, a recurring theme that we can look at in the Old Testament, and when we uh, pull it through to our modern day age, to the time that we are living in now, uh, we can all agree that there might be someone from Israel here, but we are not Israel, right? Is anyone? Okay, cool. So we, none of us here are from Israel. But the, the image uh, the, that is pulled through, the type, uh, the, sh the shadow that is pulled through is here, that Israel would be a reflection of God's called out ones, which is the church, right? The Greek word ecclesia, called out ones. In English, we go the church. God's called out ones, the one he saves, uh, the one God justifies, all right? And, and the group, us as a body, all right? So that's Israel for you. Um, so be very cautious to judge Israel, okay? Do not look at Israel um, and, and be critical of them, okay? Because the chances are high that you would probably be guilty of uh, some of the things that they have done. Um, okay, so just be careful. Um, we can go, we can carry on. So when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. So Israel at this point, I think we, without having too much context, uh, some of you, would probably come to the conclusion that they are not having a good time, okay? Things aren't going so well. They, are not, they ha have been taken from their country. They are ruled by, other, by the Babylonians, I believe, post-Isaiah 40, um, and they are stuck under someone else's rule. They are oppressed, okay? Does it sound familiar? Have the, have the Israelites been oppressed before? Right? Anyone want to take a guess where? Sorry? Egypt. Okay, good. That's right. 
So they've been in this position before. They've been slaves to another master. And um, interestingly, the, the wording, the pictures, when you pass through the waters, okay, similar um, to when the Exodus, when they were brought out of Egypt, they passed through waters. We can maybe jump to verse 16, uh, Rudolph, and just, there's actually a direct uh, infer, uh, reference to it. Um, this is what the Lord says, He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, and drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Does verse 15 just jump to it for me quick? Um, okay, so it doesn't, I believe somewhere in Isaiah 43, it does refer specifically to Egypt, but the imagery is enough, right? The, the, the description of the prophet is enough for us to be able to correlate, to say, okay, <laughs> God has God has saved us from this before. He wants to save you from it again. He wants to be your king. He wants to save you from the other, from the oppressor, from the enslaver, from what's being done to you that's not right. Okay? And so we can jump back to verse 3. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory. Right? Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. And already here we see, so we've got... The physical salvation, the physical exodus of the Israelites from a physical oppression, right? In, in Exodus, it's quite clear that it was a physical representation. They physically got saved. In Isaiah, they're in a similar situation in Babylon, exiled. And they are, God is saying through a prophet, I will do the same. I will save you. But here we are already starting to see... Um, and it's quite clear that the plan isn't just for one specific set of a group of people. The, the plan of God is for a, a global salvation. A salvation that crosses cultural barriers, language barriers, and even not just for Israel, but for all countries. Amen? Um, and I love how it says it in the, the New Living Translation. Bring all, in verse 7 it says, Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory, and it was I who created them. God has made you for his glory, and he has created you. Every single human being on this earth and planet, God has created you for his glory. Now, some of you, we may think that Israel was doing a, you know, they're exiled, 
Um, and God, in verse 1, He says some things that are like, you know, I love you. <laughs> You're precious and honored in my sight. Do not be afraid. I've ransomed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. What do you think the previous two verses say? Do you think Israel was doing a good job? <laughs> okay. uh, let's check out uh, Isaiah 42, verse 24 and 25. Uh, so Israel, uh, God is asking them, Who handed Jacob over to become loot and Israel to the plunderers? Was it not the Lord against whom we have sinned? For they would not follow his ways. And they, in this case, being Israel or, and Jacob, they did not obey his laws. So he poured out on them his burning anger, the violence of war. It enveloped them in flames, yet they did not understand. It consumed them, but they did not take it to heart. The very next verse is verse 1. And I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. It says, But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Right? So we have Israel, and God it's demonstrated His dissatisfaction with them obeying and following Him. Right? They've been punished to the... They've been so consistent in their disobedience that the, the curses that were promised in the law actually materialized. He had been long-suffering with them up until this point, but they actually, the exile to Babylon was a result of their constant failure uh, to follow his ways and his law. And we know now that obviously this intense anger and wrath um, God poured out on Jesus Christ. Amen? So that we sitting here don't have to pay that price. So that we don't have to suffer under the same uh, punishment that Israel did. We don't have to go through and suffer the, the punishment that Jesus did because he took it in our place. Amen? So that's the good news there. But do you guys, are you, are you following me? There's, they weren't doing particularly well. God was not happy with them at that point with their actions. And therefore the exile happened. And then in that context, he goes and says, do not fear, I have ransomed you. I have called you by name, Israel. You are mine. We also see that pulled through into Romans, where it says that even before, you know, God loved us before we did anything good. He gave his life for us. He ransomed us with his life. And so, I want to get into specific details. So, we see, and now Jesus is the fulfillment, obviously, of uh, these types and shadows. And there is a greater picture of God calling Israel by name. God calling us as a church by name. Right? But God, when, he, when Jesus walked the earth, what, what did we see? We saw he had specific, detailed, loving interactions with human beings. Um, I'm thinking about uh, Ruan recently played that clip from The Chosen about the Samaritan woman at the well. 
and, and, and just that interaction where Jesus knows specific details about her life and doesn't use it to judge her or to push her away from the church, but he actually uses it to prove that he is the Messiah. And she and the whole town comes to faith because of Jesus' interaction personally with uh, a lady that he shouldn't have necessarily been interacting with. We've also got Nathaniel, which I don't always get why this was so important to him. But uh, Jesus says in, in John 1, uh, he says, when, when Nathaniel came, he said to him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Uh, Nathaniel asks how Jesus knows him. And Jesus replies, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. I don't know why that was, but to Nathaniel, that was super important. Okay? <laughs> I don't always get it. It's just a specific detail about where he was standing. But this seems to be like this personal interaction with Jesus that's caused a life-changing event in Nathaniel's life. So I want to tell you guys one of our stories, uh, one of Zana and I's stories. And how God was super personal with us. Um, just so, so Zana and I, we got married in 2015. My wife's name is Zana. We currently have two children. Uh, we got married in May 2015. Don't ask me which day. I'm joking. It's the 23rd. Uh, the same day as my precious little sister, who's actually with us today. My sister's visiting us today. <laughs> you don't have to, but now we know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we got married on the 23rd. Not that that's important, but it's a detail. And uh, so, you know, we're just doing life together, loving God, uh, you know, and we just, I had this great idea. I was pretty young. I was 25 at that stage. Um, and I thought, listen, if we start having children now, then, so I'm 25, so our first child was that, if I have my first child at 25, the child's going to be 18 by the 43, am I right? No, I'm wrong. Yeah? All right. Sorry, I don't know, I missed that. So I started thinking, if I could have all my children out the house before I'm 50, you know, then... You know, then I still got how many years, you know, they're independent, I can, you know, we can do our own thing. No, no, no. And anyway, so we started talking about it and praying like, okay, we're going to, let's, let's do this, let's have them early, and we, uh, we carry on with our lives. Um, anyway, very naive, and, uh, you know, that's what a 20-year-old would, would think, okay. Uh, but anyway, we, we prayed about it, trusted God, and, and we decided, okay, we're going to, you know, no more waiting, why wait, let's go. And... Um, I just also want to just say, before I tell the rest of the story, I don't think that, you know, we, I know, especially in terms of getting pregnant, there are lots of people who never have children and are never able to have children. I'm not trying to say that our story was, you know, particularly bad or the worst that there is, but this is just our journey and how we, um, you know, ended up trusting God for our children. And so eventually, you know, after a couple of months um, of no longer waiting to have children, we realized that it wasn't that easy to, to just get uh, pregnant. And so, you know, a year passed, 
and, and two years passed, and we were like, whoa, like this should have, <laughs> this should have happened by now. And um, I can tell you that it was quite, it was a difficult time for us because, um, you know, and I'll share on behalf of Zana, but, you know, it, it, was, it was emotionally a, a difficult time. Uh, you know, there's a lot of questions you start asking yourself. Is there something wrong with me? You know, why, why doesn't God give me this video? And then we st- our friends start having children, and we're like, like, why is it so easy for other people to have children? And, and so it became a very difficult thing to process. A lot of disappointment involved. Um, and, and I can tell you that it was really difficult. Um, it, um, if you don't have children yet, um, you know, it, it could potentially not be the way that you expect it to be. And our desires were right. We wanted to have children. We loved God, you know, like, what else? <laughs> like, like, God, you said go forth and multiply and prosper, and we just want to do your will. Um, and, and, you know, it just didn't happen. Uh, so we were, you know, and I can say we were angry. Uh, we were jealous of other people who were having children. Um, and so it was, it was a tough time. And so eventually three years uh, come along, and there's no, we don't, we don't have, we're not pregnant yet. Um, so we decided, okay, well, uh, we prayed about it, obviously, and we decided, well, let's go, let's go check if there's any medical reason why we, we can't have children. Um, and so it's not fun to go through the, the, any of the for either person. And so we went through everything. And uh, number one, it's expensive, which makes it less fun. <laughs> but, you know, and all the results came back. We're sitting with the doctor, and the doctor's like, listen, guys, you know, there's 33% of people in the world that have this. We don't really know why you're not getting pregnant. There is no specific reason. So we're like, and that was almost worse. Because if there is a reason, you can be like, ah, oh, you know, you can settle it. You can tie the knot. You can tick it off. Okay, this is the reason. We can, ex- guys, we can explain this. Uh, you know, there's a logical reason for why this is not happening, we can point. We can blame someone. <laughs> I'm just uh, we can. We can. We can blame something. We can say this is it, and we didn't even have a reason. Uh, we, and and so their definition for it is something like they call it idiopathic. They just they don't know why you're not getting. Re- there is no reason. So everything looks good. You know, it. You should be getting pregnant, but for some reason you're not. Uh, so that was us, and um, this was in. Around about February or March of, I think it was 2018. So, but the month is important, okay, just so that you can follow the timer. This is about Feb, March. And so, and then, they, and then the doctor says, well, you know, now that you know that there is no reason, we can help you. You know, there is a particular medication that can increase the chances of you getting uh, pregnant. And... Um, and Zana and I, you know, we were, we had different opinions about what we should do at that point. Um, so I think Zana was at the point where she was like, yes, let's do it. Let's get the medication. It helps. Let's get it done. And I was like, and my driving away from that appointment, I was, t- I, I couldn't, the thought couldn't leave me. It, it stayed, it was in front of me the whole time. Maybe we have not gotten pregnant because God doesn't want us to get pregnant now. And that, that thought stayed with me. And 
and I f- and in that and in that moment, and just as I, as what 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 I feel God was saying to me was, well, if we're going, it would be sin for us to take the medication because we would be going against God's will. Or I would put it even uh, more like this: I'd say we could possibly be going against God's will. And so I told Zona, listen, um, this is what I feel, this is what I think, but I do think we need to fast and pray about this. Um, and, and so, yeah, that's what we did. I started, uh, I can't remember how long I fasted or the details thereof, but it was in April. Um, Zona and I went to Hartenbos with my, my parents, um, and we were camping um, without children, so it was great. <laughs> um, um, I'm joking. Camping with children is great, as long as there are other children, because otherwise you just keep <laughs> taking care of children all the time. Um, and so, so we were fasting, and I was praying, and it wasn't a pleasant fast, let me tell you that. I was, my, my body was not having a good time, um, but... We, we set it out, and I was praying and fasting, and um, it was the last day of this fast, and I hadn't got any answers from God yet, and um, I remember we were walking on uh, close to the beach, and we sat down at a bench, and we were praying, as on and I, we were praying, we, you know, just trying to hear God on this, and now... And then God dropped a particular verse, chapter in my, in my mind, uh, Psalm 37. And let me tell you off the bat, I am super skeptical about like any sort of like, I, it's just the nature of my being. Like you drop, if, you, if, if, if I get a scripture that just pops in my head, I'm like, yeah, Sean, not again. Like, <laughs> like, you, like I just keep thinking up scriptures and I think this is from God, you know, like that's, that's my thought process. So let me just tell you, I doubt, I doubt when God gives me these scriptures. I, that's my first thing. Is, there's no way. This is just my own mind. I'm just thinking this up because I just want, want an answer. Okay. So I'm like, no way. Then I, I read. I just, to make sure, I go and read the scripture. Okay. Uh, and then Psalm 37, verse 1. I'm going to read it in whatever comes up here, and then I'll just highlight uh, important parts from another translation that I think speak to. So, it said, do not fret, so don't worry, okay? Don't worry about, because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither, like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord, and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. I think the first thing that God wanted to highlight us there was we need to trust in Him and in nothing else. Verse 4 says, Take the light in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. And I can tell you right there, the desire of our heart was to have children. Okay? And um, He wanted us to take delight in Him and not just in having children. Uh, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him, and He will do this. This is like, of all the scriptures, of all the chapters, 
I think there's over a thousand chapters. Um, I can't remember how many verses in the Bible. It's over a thousand chapters, and out of all of them, God pointed us to this. So it's, it's, if anything, if you guys want to work out the odds, it was one in a thousand, okay? Um, and I just couldn't believe that it spoke so directly. Uh, next, verse 6, He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways. Okay, we can leave out the part about the wicked schemes because our friends were not being wicked by having children. Okay, but uh, you know that that the experience was you know we comparing, being envious, being angry. Uh, I think verse eight it actually says, "Do not be angry. Uh, refrain from anger <laughs> and turn from wrong. Do not fret. It only leads to evil." And so, in this moment. I mean, God couldn't be more specific about what we needed to do. We needed to wait. We needed to trust Him. And we needed to take delight in Him. We needed to commit our way to Him. And we needed, we needed to know that He would give us the desires of our heart. Okay? And I cannot tell you what is more difficult for me. Whether God says no to something or whether He tells me to wait. Waiting is my weakness. Waiting is, I'm terrible at waiting. I just want to do, okay, and I just want to know. I want to know and I want to do, and if I don't know, I want to figure it out so that I can do. That's my personality, and that's how I'm put together, and and even now, I'm currently, there's things that I'm asking God, and He's telling me, I need to wait, and I don't like it. You guys can pray for me. Because I need to wait. <laughs> All right. And, you know, he reaffirmed to us that he wanted us to have children. Uh, and, you know, he even, I think, there's a very intimate detail in this verse uh, that only in hindsight we saw. Um, it says it better for us in the New Living Translation. In verse 6, so our daughter's name is actually in the scripture. Um, in verse 6 it says, He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn. So our daughter's name is Lilia Ray. And Lilia means, Lily, coming from the word Lily, means purity and innocence. And then um, it says, And the justice of your cause will shine like the Nidei sun. And Ray. And so it's just like, in this, in this verse, in hindsight, not knowing it in, at that point, and not even considering it when we, what we decided to name our daughter, God chose to share a, a chapter with me that had our daughter's name in it, our first daughter's name. We only have one daughter. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a word to wait, so we'll apply that to more children as well. Um, but yeah, I just, I can, I, every time I look back to it and I think of it, and I can, I can tell you three or four other stories where God has been specific like this with me and my life. But what I did was, I took the time not to act because I possibly could be sinning. 
by not following His will. I took the time to fast. It was not comfortable. to. I don't like fasting. I took the time to pray and to hear God, and then we had to act. We had not, we, we should not take the medication, okay? So that was in April, and um, in June of that year, we got a cat. <laughs> and then a week later, we found out we were pregnant. So, um, so, you know, and whether God had given it then or late, I don't know. Like, I don't know what my life would be like if it was another couple of years or, or whatever, but and, you know, sometimes that is how God works. And, you know, Cassie and Marty, I think their story is 13 years long. Um, and the amount of detail uh, in their trusting and in their journey of uh, getting pregnant is also incredible. And, and the, whole point, the whole point of this is God... Although we have this massive corporate call that we have been made for His glory, that we've been made like He's created each individual here. He knows you specifically by name. He knows you to the detail of what is going on in your life. He knows your thoughts. He knows what troubles you. He knows how you have been sinned against. He knows the troubles that you have been through in detail. And if you take the time to trust Him and to listen to Him, He will speak into that and He will, he will give you an exodus. He will give you a way to follow. And it's this massive contrast for me because... There is the greater call. There is the greater plan of God to show His glory, to demonstrate His authority over the earth, to glorify His name. Can we all, that's God's plan. God wants to show and demonstrate His glory through all the earth. But He is utterly and wholly committed to doing that through us as a church and you as an individual. Amen? And I want to tell you, if you are not praying and trusting God for something specific in your life, if you are not, if you are facing a particular trouble, if you are facing particular success, if you are not praying and trusting God and asking Him about His will in that situation, you are missing out. You are missing out. On him sustaining you by his word. And the thing that I'm realizing about my life is, um, and, and I think it's true of, of most people, is that there are, some, there are certain areas that we keep from God. Uh, without, you know, I don't think it's intentional most of the time. Uh, I think it's just human nature. And that's all the more reason why we need to be proactive against it. Um, but it is hard to let God, it's, it's hard to let people into your life. Um, I mean, even with the hosting, you know, how intimate is it to allow someone into your home? They get to see everything. 
okay? I don't know about you guys, but there are some really tenacious and determined spiders to make webs in our house, okay? And we didn't get to cleaning every web, okay? <laughs> and, and, you know, our, sometimes we leave the dishes and pack them in the dishwasher the next day or the day thereafter, okay? And there are some things that aren't as clean and as we would have liked it, but yet we allowed strangers into our life um, to come and see us as we are for four days, to see when we get impatient with our kids, to see the routines and the structures that we have in place. Um, you know, and it is, it's, it's just being vulnerable in that moment. And so we, we can be prideful and, and stop, stop that from happening and just not allow anyone in our house. No one will ever see. <laughs> okay. Um, but I think God is calling us to a higher calling this morning and in this life. And that is not just to allow other people in our lives, but allow Him into your life in, in those areas and to minister into those areas. We had to humble ourselves to the point where we had to allow God in and we had to ask Him to come and minister to us in that area. There were so many things we had to deal with our brokenness, our comparison of others. Why am I not better than this person? You know, all those things we had to go through in those moments. But, and I want to tell you now this morning that Jesus, Jesus Christ Himself, wants to minister to you this morning. Where you lack in an area and where you lack in a, if, if you're struggling to forgive someone, it is most likely because you haven't, there's an area in your life that you haven't allowed Jesus to come in and to come and forgive you and to come to minister his forgiveness to you. And I believe that's a deep personal relationship with Jesus Christ can only be developed as we break down those boundaries and walls in our lives and allow Him to minister to us. And so that's what I really want to trust for this morning with you guys. Um, and I think that's what we should be trusting for as a family. Um, and, and from the conference, coming from the conference, we have a massive global footprint. We, have, we see God moving internationally and in South Africa in amazing ways. And you know what? He's not doing it through Sean alone. He's not doing it through Andrew Selly alone. He's not doing it through the, the guys at the top. Only is he, the, the reason we are seeing God move in such... We doubled after COVID, right? And the reason that's happening is because individuals in the body are inviting other people into their home. They are praying for each other. They are encouraging one another prophetically in their homes, in their workplace, not, not from the pulpit. And that is, uh, that is the value that we want to we highlight and we want to keep generating, that God is moving. This plan that He has to glorify Himself is going to happen through us. And I, you know, I'm, I have a function. Uh, the elders have a function. The, the deacons have a function. But that doesn't make any of them or us 
higher or more important in that calling than, than the church and the, this body. And so you sitting here this morning, God wants to show his glory to the earth and it's only going to happen. I can guarantee you his plan is that it happens through you. So if you want to see the glory of God come on earth, um, get on your knees, break down the barriers, open up your heart to him, allow him to minister to you. Uriah, do you guys have one more song for us? So what I want to do is I want us, I want us to pray. Um, and so can I ask the community leaders, or if you feel community leaders, if you guys can come stand in front of us this morning. Dawa, come stand here. come stand here. But let's stand together. So I want, I want us to pray for each other this morning. And I want you, and I believe God wants you to want breakthrough in that area that you are withholding or you've put up barriers. And I don't know what it is. I could give 20 examples this morning and maybe I could get one right but while I was speaking Jesus was ministering to you I believe that okay and you had thoughts come up in your mind and you had ideas come up and I want you to consider let's close our eyes let's everyone close our eyes I want you to consider I want you to consider if God what what was God speaking to you this morning what did God say to you and think about the thoughts that came up. Discard all the thoughts about rugby and all those other things and work and, 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 and what else. And just consider which, ask Him, God, God, I want to ask you. Every eye, let's all close our eyes. God, which specific thought did you highlight to me this morning? Which one? Okay. So I know, take that one, keep it, don't let it go now. And ask, let's move on to the next step. Let's ask God, all right, God, what barrier have I put up? How am I preventing you, God, from speaking into that area? What do I need to do to allow you to minister to me in that area this morning? So let's just ask him again. If you, if you haven't felt him answer, let's just ask him, God, what do you want? What do you want me to do? How am I preventing you from speaking to that area in my life? How am I stopping your ministry into my life? How am I stopping you from washing my feet, from, from Jesus, the Son of God, getting down on his knees? taking my dirty feet that I don't want to show anyone Th those things that I don't want to show anyone how are you, are you are you able and open to allow Jesus 
to wash your feet, to minister and serve in that area this morning. And so if, if God has highlighted something to you this morning, I, I, I know that we need to pray for you. And I know that God, in order to generate and kickstart that process, He wants someone to pray with you this morning. So we're going to sing a song.